listening to Love the Links Golf Radio with your hosts, Brenton Elliott and Bob Baldessari. So we we're live, right, Bobby? We're live. All right, love of the links. Uh, so Bob and I were talking about uh, after one of our previous shows, two shows ago, we were doing uh, PGA Junior League, and we had talked about uh, talking about uh, drive, chip, and putt. So we went one, we went one step further, and we thought, why don't we get one of the contestants, uh, a frequent contestant, mind you, with drive, chip, and putt, and we were able to get Alexa Pano. Alexa, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you for having me. So Bob Bob knows you a little bit more than I do because you practice down in Hill Woods. Uh, but you really came on the scene for, for those that are in the know in golf when you were, what were you, six, seven years old when uh, the short game came out? Yeah, right around then was when we started filming. But when did you really start getting competitive? At what age? Was it a little bit earlier than that? Um, I began competing in golf tournaments when I was five. And it was really shortly after I had started golf. And so I think it was always super serious for me from the get-go. Um, I mean, by the next year, I competed in my first world championships. So it was always really serious for me, at least from the beginning. Yeah, the first time I saw hi Alexa, it's good to see you. <laughs> I, I know your dad's gonna like the brewing stuff behind me. Uh, <laughs> so Rick's from Massachusetts like me. So uh so something, yeah, Brennan, something always is around that Massachusetts Boston sport. Right. Go figure. You gotta get some New York on. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I first met uh Alexa and Rick, and I think it was probably I don't know, about eight or nine years ago. We we had just started drive chip and putt. Uh, I was at Reunion Resort. We had our regional, and I knew of Alexa's name, and I see her out there and uh, talked to Rick a little bit. You probably don't remember this, Alexa, but we did the drive, the chip, and the putt, and you pushed, I think, your first drive out of the grid, pulled your next drive, and I went, oh, man, that's a bummer. You piped, <laughs> you piped the next one. I think you chipped one in. You made two long putts. You ended up advancing, and I went, that's why she's going to be good. Like she just didn't get, you know, no issues with uh, one of the steps and drive chip, but again, drive chip and putt. But um, yeah, it was uh, impressive to see you out there going through that. And um, yeah, I was going to ask you, you know, you as a girl getting into the sport, we, we want to get more girls into the sport. We want to get more women into the sport. And um, what attracted you to the game of golf and how do you think we get more girls into it? Um, well, when I first started playing, I was living on a golf course, so I was kind of surrounded by the game, having my dad play, and I would go out and watch a lot of the high schoolers there, and I was kind of just surrounded from it from the start, but, um, I played a bunch of other sports, um, around the time that I was starting, and the one that my dad didn't want me to compete in was golf, because he had done it for so long and knew the struggles of it, obviously. 
And so I remember I'd narrowed it down to two sports, um, softball and golf. And he really wanted me to pursue softball because he thought I was better at it and whatnot. But it was initially my choice to start playing golf and make that like my sole sport. And I mean, I guess it has to be kind of a choice for the person playing golf. I've seen like a lot of younger girls who don't have much interest in it. And I don't think that's a great way to get started, but pushing them to get out there definitely. And I think the short game has been a big help for a lot of people trying to get into it because you want to see it as something fun and competitive at the beginning, which is how it was for me. You know, it's interesting, Alexa. Today I was actually on an all-day seminar with the folks from U.S. Kids doing some coaches training. And, you know, it really struck me is they really know how to do things right as far as putting competition together, teaching uh, kids how to get into the game. It's it's not really pressure-based. Now, for someone like you, however, you really came in guns a blazing right out of the gate and got into the competition side. So I'm going to take you back to that first uh, world championship. What was it specifically? And I don't know if that was the trigger for you to be, get into the competitive side of things more. But do you remember what was the one thing about competition that really intrigued you? Um. Definitely that world championship kind of pushed me to keep going. Um, that was the first one I played in, and obviously I didn't win, but I think I came somewhere around seventh that year, and playing in that event from U.S. Kids was one of the best experiences of my life at that point, and so I had so much fun there that week, and as I did in all my U.S. Kids events, and it definitely was a big push for me to keep competing and keep going with all of it um, after that experience that week. You know, the, um, I, I, I've seen you in action, obviously drive, chip and putt early in those years when you went to Augusta. And I think, uh, didn't you in one of your interviews with the golf channel mention you wanted to come back and win a tournament or something there? Yeah, um, ever since I was younger, I'd been saying that I wanted to be one of the first women to compete at Augusta or win a golf tournament there. I mean, I stated it in the short game, and I think people have heard me say it since I was really little, just knowing the history and everything. And, I mean, even to be one of the first women to play around there and compete in the event there was such a huge honor and definitely made everything that I've been doing since I was younger worthwhile um, qualifying for that event. And I really did wish that I was there competing this year, but again, with all the circumstances, but I can't wait to get back there next year for sure. So let's kind of put that in context though. So a lot of kids dream about reaching the, the pinnacle of whatever it is that they're into, whether it be golf or some other sport or dance or music. You actually did that last year. You played at Augusta National. You competed at Augusta. Um, what was what was the the feeling like the first time? And and not drive, chip, and putt, but the first time stepping on the grounds on the golf course at Augusta National. Um, for me, it was kind of a weird moment because I just missed the cut by one the previous day, and. I remembered saying to my dad on the practice tee that morning that it was like losing the AFC championship game and then having to go to the Super Bowl and spectate. 
<laughs> and it was like I just did not want to be there whatsoever, even though it was something that I like dreamed of doing for forever. And I had a great caddy and a great playing partner with me that day, and it was. I thought it was going to be even worse because they paired us based on score. So I was with another girl who missed the cut by one. And so I was like, oh, no, we're just going to be depressed. And they really, like, got me in good spirits. And we had such a good time that day. And although I did miss the cut, I think I had the best possible outcome. And it was everything that I dreamed of playing Augusta. Um, just being surrounded by so many positive people that day. So, you know, take us out to the golf course because so many people have been there. Uh, I've been around that place a few times. And uh, what's it like on the first tee? I know, you know, it's not like you were where you wanted to be, but uh, and then hole number 12, there's certain iconic shots there. What was that like? Um, It was awesome. I mean, everything is as gorgeous as you'd expect, um, but definitely inside the ropes, it's a different golf course. It was really cool seeing a lot of the shots that you'd seen on TV for years, like, come to life. Um, and even just walking the fairways. And you'll just see iconic green jackets standing outside the ropes, which is something you won't see anywhere else. And another really cool thing is I think it's hole 12 that my coach has in his backyard, right? Yeah. Um, so my coach has hole number 12 recreated in his backyard. Um from tee box to the green and everything. And so it was really cool getting to go out there and see it like person and finally hitting that shot, something that I like recreated so many times out at his backyard. So Alexa, with, with all the accomplishments you've had individually, what interests me is, is the team concept. And you played in quite a few uh, team competitions, uh, whether it be the Junior Ryder Cup or the Junior Solheim Cup. What and I hate to put you on the spot with this, but what type of competition do you like more? Do you like that team aspect or do you like the individual events? Um, it is hard to say. I think the thing that I like most type of competition is definitely being able to represent your country or where you're from. So regardless to whether that's individual or a team event, that's so special. But I think that team events are a big representation of all the hard work that you've put in in individual events. Like you're using those, like it's something that you earn throughout the year. And I mean, I love both so much. It's definitely really fun playing in a team event, but it's also that competitive aspect. So, I mean, just getting to represent my country or where I'm from in any way, shape or form is always super exciting. Oh, it's too bad this year you were on the Curtis Cup team. And I know uh, that was a big goal of yours and representing the United States, part of the USGA women's team. And um, that had to be a, a bit of a bummer. Wicked, wicked bummer, as your dad and I might say. Yeah, I mean, working for something for two years and then the week that I was under the impression that I was going to get selected just based off my ranking, I was pretty set there and after working for it for two years to have it get called off after getting so close with the girls and the captain was yeah super disappointing but hopefully we'll be back there in the spring and hopefully i'll get selected so so tell me about when you were 13 and you first teed it up on the lpga tour what was that experience like 
Um, that was awesome. I mean, Green Bay and Thornberry Creek is such an amazing host. I had such an awesome week. I learned so much from being there and it's something that really helped me in future junior events after that. I think I came out of there so much stronger than I went in and learned so much about my game and things that I needed to improve on, which I have since then and then getting to go back there next year i saw those improvements and whatnot and it's a shame that that event got canceled but yeah thornberg was such a great host and i'm so thankful to that event yeah the um as you're getting better and anybody gets into the game you try to get better you want to improve and in different areas and uh, i know you you know known your dad for a while and it's it's interesting his perspective on the teachers you have, he always talks about the communication and the listening. And, and Brent and I have taught a lot of people, but um, I know especially I think your full swing coach in Texas has been a really good timing for you. And kind of share it with us how that works, where there's a there's a listening, there's a sharing both, and how the communication, and you can know as much as you want in the world, but if you can't communicate it and share it, it doesn't make any sense. Definitely. Um... One of the main things that I think me and Chris talk about is giving me different ideas of the golf swing. So communication is a big thing with us and making sure I understand everything that I'm learning. Um, not only being able to do it, but to understand it and know what to do when something goes wrong or how to correct something or improve on something. So ideas of how to do that are definitely a big thing. and. I'm so thankful to him for being such a big help over the past year or so. Alexa, from the standpoint of technology, I'm, I'm a big proponent in starting kids out early with technology, whether that be anything that's like a gamification type aspect or using uh, Doppler radars like TrackMan. How much do you guys use uh, technology in your practicing? Um, Personally, I'm a feel player myself i don't tend to use a ton of it although it is super helpful in ways um my coach chris has gotten me a little more using it but he knows how much of a feel player i am and so one thing that i do use trackman and whatnot for is this wedge test that you can kind of practice hitting to different distances and for me that's super helpful because i'm using technology but still using feel to figure out what I'm doing, but it can be super helpful, um, especially club fittings and whatnot. I'm just not someone who uses it in like a day-to-day -day practice, but it has a ton of helpful uses. Hey, you know, I, I actually know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask you anyways, but share with us your typical day, because I don't think most people realize, you know, what you put in and how, how long it is in the schoolwork and everything. Um. Well, I think everyone's life's on a bit of a 360 right now, but my pre-normal routine was to wake up pretty early and head out to Joey D's Fitness to work with my coach there. Um, and then I'd head from there to practice. Um, and then once practice was finished up, I'd come home and do school for most of the day. Um, so it's a pretty packed day with school and golf until the night 
um, time comes around. So, but I mean, that's kind of the price you pay to be doing all this travel and playing in tournaments. So you had mentioned Joey D and that you work with him. And obviously he works with a lot of the PGA Tour and LPGA Tour players. So what influences any of the players that live down near you that you interacted with? What influence have any of them had on you? Um, you mean just like players in my area? like? Yeah, players you might see while you're practicing or while you're working out with, with Joey or uh, those types of situations. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, Joey D's, you're always going to see a ton of familiar faces that you see on TV every week. Like, you'll see Dustin Johnson in there, and he'll be sitting on the bike next to TV, and his face will pop up, and that's always funny. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of cool people, especially living in South Florida. It's such a golf hub. And um, seeing them put in the work at the same places that you do is pretty cool, knowing that you're in the right track, in the right places. Um and yeah, putting in just as much work as they do. So, you know, as far as your game, Alexi, is there any uh, anybody on the any of the tours really that you might pattern your overall game after, or some aspect of your game that you really key in on? Um, I mean, there's so many great players out there that you pick up little things from them. I personally, um obviously watch Tiger Woods a lot and kind of his vintageness I pick up a little bit from that um one swing that I have idolized like my entire golf career would definitely have to be Mickey Wright I've watched her swing an endless amount of times and look up to her in a lot of different ways so definitely those two so I wanted to ask you about your your daddy caddy how much of an influence has dad been uh, on the bag and off the bag? Yeah. Um, my dad's there with me every day at practice. And when he can caddy, he's always caddying for me. So it's really nice to have someone that's familiar with your game. And although sometimes I hear a lot of stuff that I don't want to hear because he knows my game so well and is comfortable enough to say that stuff with me. Um, I am really lucky to have that communication and that caddy with me. So it's been really good. I mean, there's a lot of ups and downs with everything that happens, but he's been there with me on a ton of victories on the bag and a ton of downfalls. So he knows my game pretty much better than anyone. And I'm thankful for that. Yeah. I was going to want to bring your, your dad, Rick in here. I don't know if he's uh, available yeah. to make a comment. <laughs> uh, but I know I've uh, he's been kind enough to talk to other parents who have talented kids, and you've you've navigated some areas that they're very unique in the game of golf, and golf is super unique uh, as far as an individual sport. And um, I don't know if Rick was there to yeah, he's make there. a comment or two. Um, there he is. Hey, Rick. Well, how are you? I got the old cheesy behind me. That was just for you. There you go. <laughs> um, aside from being a great guy and, and even uh, uh, this guy's been season ticket holder with the Patriots for like 35 years or something. Like talk about a hardcore. 37 years. 37. There we go. Yeah. Um, you know, you've been kind enough in, in this forum. I, 
Um, I hope you can appreciate it. We get a lot of people that, that watch this. And um, I know you've talked to some other parents whose kids are very talented and they have the, the feeling like, hey, could my kid go to whatever levels? And you never know. But um, in a general sense, what would you say to the parents out there that have a kid that thankfully, blessedly, they, they've got a lot of talent, but what do you think is some advice you might share with them from your journey? Oh, the first thing and probably the hardest thing is finding the right person to teach that child. Um, and I've said this a ton of times, there's 29,000 PGA instructors out there. Um, everybody has different ideas. I, it's so difficult to find someone that can communicate in a way that, you know, and it's different when you're five, it's different when you're 10, it's different when you're 15. And, and you have to understand there are certain teachers that are better at five, but they're no good when you're 10. Um, they don't want to hear that, but that's the hardest thing right there. And then the parent, well, when you go to the lesson, you have to listen probably more than your child does because you're with them out there at practice and you don't want to contradict what is being instructed. So even today, you know, when we go to Chris O'Connell, when we go to see him four or five times a year, we go anywhere from, I don't know, six to 10 hours of lesson. And I stand there, I barely say a word, you know, with him. But I have to understand every word he says or we're not in the same direction and we're not going that way. You know, that that's the, the first thing. And the second thing is making sure that the child has the enthusiasm more more than the parent does. Um, you know, I heard you earlier talk about Alexa's first world championship. Uh, I tell this story all the time. Day two, she had the low round with a five-year-old. And then everybody comes up to her and says, well, no five-year-olds ever won, not even Tiger Woods. So the final day she went out and um, finished sixth, I believe. And final hole, she hits the ball to the, the last green. And I'm picking up the bag. Next thing I know, she's got a bear hug on me for about a minute. She's thanking me for the best time of her life. And that's, as a parent, what you want to see. And at that young age, I don't know that I've ever seen anybody have more fun than she did. Now, granted, she won like, I think, 22 regional championships in a row and 86 local tours. But after they were done playing, I, I, every single time she got into some kind of trouble, it could have been wrestling in a bunker. You know, they were rearranging the pro shop, um, driving golf carts around with people screaming at them. Right. But they were having a good time. 
You know, one time one of the kids got on the piano and put on a concert, seven years old. So that kind of thing. And they couldn't wait to get to the next one. And, and right now, at 15, it's the same way. All right, she doesn't get in as much trouble. <laughs> All right. That you but, know of. Um, excuse me? That you know of, right? <laughs> I'm not active on Instagram or Snapchat, so I'm not really sure. You know, Rick, what I wanted to ask you is, you know, with, with her being so accomplished from such a young age, I'm so happy to hear you as a father talk about the fun aspect because you see far too many times kids that have any type of talent and it, it could be any sport but with golf you see a lot of parents that just kind of push that way too much and take that the most important thing that i believe in is fun out of the equation what and you probably don't have to do much with her it sounds like to have her stay with that type of emotion that this is something she loves and she's passionate about uh, but what do you guys do on, you know, when you're practicing or out just playing the two of you to really keep that fun factor is, is an important part of this? Well, it, we do it a little bit different than you just explained. Um, and right now with this virus going around, um, it's a little bit different. But wherever we travel, we have golf, and that's preparation for whatever the championship is. Then her schoolwork, which we're getting ahead now. Um, but wherever we go, she always has something planned that's social. All right, last year on our way up to New England, we were stopping, um, her, her instructor was in New York and we wanted to see him before the, um, the US Open. Uh, we stopped off in uh, Westchester County. I dropped her off with a friend, and she went out to dinner with that friend for four hours. Then I picked her up. Then we went and took our lesson and, and then headed to the U.S. Open. But if you do that and you separate it enough, um, we stayed with friends at the U.S. Open, 10-bedroom house. After every round, they're out having a pool party kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, people don't see that kind of thing when they see you out practicing or they see you out working hard or whatever. So as long as you have that balance, you're okay. Yeah. Eric, the, um, yeah, this time you spend with Alexa is really precious. And, uh, you know, at some point here, or She's she's moving on to what we all think are great heights and but what what are the you know years from now what are the experiences you're going to think about with you and Alexis and in the ropes is it small times big times is it get ready to hit in a, an important shot or uh, it's got to be a lot of things you make you smile yeah um, you know we both love the competition part you know going out and, and okay, being at Augusta, needing to birdie the final three holes and coming quarter of an inch from doing it, that kind of thing. Um, 
the experiences in, you know, U.S. Amateur, U.S. Open, whatever it may be. But what a lot of people don't see is um, I kind of have a little bit of a sarcastic sense of humor, a little bit. Um, (laughs) You know, we can be walking down a fairway and she can be tight as a drum. And, you know, you guys are a family publication, but there are some things that I'll say (laughs) that she'll turn, you know, off-color jokes that are not politically correct. Um, and, And she'll fire right back at me. You know, but we'll do that just to loosen up. Um, I'll give you another example is we had just come from a bad tournament in Tennessee heading to the U.S. Amateur last year. She just didn't have it. Uh, tournament I didn't want her to play in, but she wanted to play in. Practice rounds were not good. So we, I know her well enough that heading to the warm-up tee on day one of the U.S. Amateur, I said, okay, Alex, you're going to play this entire day at 50% speed. And she went out and she was co-medalist to the U.S. Amateur. You know, so it's things like that that I'll remember. Um, You know, it, 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 not even necessarily the wins, but um, the passion and the fire that she plays with. You know, I'll remember that. My one of my last thoughts and last questions, and I'll let Bob kind of wrap it up. If and this is for both of you, for for her and and you, Rick. So she's an inspiration to a lot of competitive juniors and definitely the young ladies that are out there playing. But she's probably more of an inspiration to the kids that just love golf and aren't competitive. What are some things that Alexa you could share and Rick you could share? with the kids that are just getting into golf or uh, are interested in the game, what are some things you can share with them? Oh, I I can be honest with you. When you start at U.S. Kids or First Tee, and and we've done things like that. Uh, We just did one in Wilmington, North Carolina, uh, back a few months ago. Probably the best time you're going to ever have doing something. Yeah. It really is. I mean, think about it. You know, she's five years old. She's going to play at the breakers. Okay. And, you know, I'm carrying that little old golf bag. And then afterwards, she's getting invited to their pool and their their ocean club there. Um, It's pretty good life. Okay. And you go to um, you go to Augusta last year. All right, we have the champions dinner. Well, how many times does Fred Ridley walk up and say, "Okay, guys, come on down to the the gift shop, and there's mannequins." And oh, by the way, you can select anything you want off of those mannequins, and um, you don't pay for it; we just give it to you. You know. It, Things and in, in, in you can't match that. Even in team sports, you can't match it. Yeah. So for females in the United States, um, the opportunities are off the charts because we don't have enough kids in 
American Girls in College. Um, however, this country is way, way behind other countries as far as female golf. And that um, is something that we're trying to change. It's, it won't be changed by the time Alexa's done with junior golf, but hopefully after. Um, I'll continue to change it because they're not, they don't have the opportunity in this country that they do in other countries. And that's a fact. Yeah. So I don't know what she would say, but I'll move. Oh, you wanted to ask her? You want to refresh her, Brennan? Yeah. Yeah, Alexa, what, uh, what can you as an inspiration to especially young ladies, but just junior golfers that are just getting into the game. What are, what are some things you can say to them? Um, I've kept up a little bit with still what's going on in junior golf. And um, I think what I've said to most of them is just at first to enjoy it. There's always that aspect of wanting to win and that comes with it. But when you're really young, I think the main thing is just to enjoy it and get out onto the golf course every day and just work really hard at it at that time but still having fun with it and i mean i still watch a lot of the younger kids like this one axel axel um and i think they're awesome and i'm just it makes it's so fun when you see them coming off from watching the short game or saying something that they've seen me doing and they're out there enjoying us kids now and i think like my dad said the us kids in the first tee route's the best way to go um there's no better events for a starting junior off to play in. They, they do an amazing job with the U.S. kids. I remember being at that world championship one year and I'm in this room and John Bryan and John Godwin, who are with the U.S. kids, they're, they're amazing what they do. And I'll never forget it. One of them was in a room with the parents and they said, um, anybody here know how many times Jordan Spieth qualified for this world championship and hands went up and the answer is none zero and a couple other big names on the guy side you know i think parents do get a little bit too anxious where their kids not getting up to some championship level but um you know what you and your dad have done i think is a great template uh, i've been seeing you in action behind the scenes more so i can speak to that and um that you are you have the passion you have the enthusiasm to hit these heights and uh, it's neat to see in action it's neat to see you from the beginning and all these years later. Thank you. It's uh, I think you know that it's going to be bright bright years ahead. Uh, we'll leave you with. Um, also, I, I want to mention too, just the way you are as an individual. You're doing. You already created a, your own charity event down here in West Palm. Yes, um, supporting the VGA. I had it in Dallas two years ago, but um, felt really good to move it to PGA this year. Um, and yeah, supporting the Veterans Golf Association has been something I've been doing since I was, I think, nine years old. And so creating the Alexa Pano and Friends event um, was just kind of to pay back to them for everything that they've done for me and everyone in this country, honestly. That's why you're such a special person, Alexa. So we're so <laughs> glad you could join us and we'll have you back on and keep tabs on things. Hopefully the golf world and society in general gets back to normal and um, we'll be we'll be playing more golf and playing more kind of regular golf. But uh, thanks so much to you, you and your dad. 
And uh, I know I'll see you really soon anyways. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate Thanks, Alexa. It. Thanks, Rick. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Love of the Links Golf Radio. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Our website is littlelinksers.com backslash love. You can email us at loveofthelinks at gmail.com.